What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. Today, we have a super applicable episode and one where I probably get the most questions in my personal life. That's right, we are diving into business taxes and my top tips to help you avoid fines and penalties and also hopefully keep your tax bill pretty low when you file your taxes at year end. So that's this is going to be a super exciting episode. I know a lot of these tips are going to help a lot of people. So super excited for it. But as always, we got to get into the administrative stuff before that. So this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. My email, my Instagram, they're in the show notes if you want to ask any questions or if you have any real life scenarios you want me to cover on the podcast. If you're interested in a one-on-one consult, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram, and I'm happy to help out in any way. The other thing is if you really like this podcast and you want to support it or anything like that, please like it, download it, follow it. And the best way is just to share it with your friends and family. If you know someone who um, this would really benefit, please share it. Um, That's probably the best way to support the podcast and really get this to grow. And it really does help tremendously. Other than that, guys, let's get into it. Let's kick off this episode on my top five business tax tips. Before we get into the tax tips, there's one really important thing that I need to touch on first, which can heavily influence it, heavily influence your taxes as a business, which is what type of business are you? Are you a corporation? Are you a sole proprietorship? Or are you a partnership? Corporations, uh, let's just dive into each one. So corporations are seen as like a separate legal entity um, and you file your taxes separately from your own personal taxes because they're seen as two different things altogether. Um, There are other benefits to corporations, which we can get into it at a later episode, but I want to cover this specifically for taxes. Um, Sole proprietorships are pretty much the exact opposite and you file them with your personal taxes. So for sole props, um, they are combined and corporations, they're totally separate. So your business, if you're a sole proprietorship, your business income can influence your own personal taxes for partnerships. Um, very similar to sole proprietorships, um, except there's usually a partnership agreement where you will split the income recorded by the business, um, kind of in accordance with that agreement. Um, We'll get into why you would choose one over the other in a future episode, but right now we want to keep it really um, specific for taxes. So if you have filed as a corporation, then your taxes are totally separate from your own personal, whereas sole proprietorship or partnership, they're together. Um, Just need to make sure we're clear on that because they can heavily influence your taxes um, and just that kind of thing. So important to know what kind of business you are. But generally, the next five business tax tips will be applicable across, but just wanted to get this out of the way on how you actually file your taxes before we get into that. All right, so let's get into it. Um, I'm going to try and do all five of these tips in kind of one cut, but we'll see how it goes. We might have some stumbling blocks here, but without further ado, let's get into it. So the first tip is to know your deductions. And you might be thinking, no shit, Nick. Thanks for the advice. But before you turn off this podcast and tell me to kick rocks, let's get more specific into this. When I say know your deductions, a lot of people will hear that you can, quote, write off anything. And then people don't even know what writing off something means. So essentially, when people say you can write off something, 
or something, it means that you can deduct it from your taxes. So for example, this would be like me saying, I have $20,000 in income and I have expenses of $2,000. This means that I can reduce my income from 20,000 to $18,000 and then apply a tax rate on it. So basically deductions will reduce your taxable income or the income that gets taxed, like that they put a rate on. But a lot of people don't know what they can or can't deduct. So in a very broad sense, essentially you can deduct the things that help you earn business income. So if you're a photographer, this would be things like camera equipment or a computer to help you edit photos, even gas mileage to help you get to your photo shoots. Although, disclaimer on that, there are very, very specific rules about mileage deductions and you should definitely consult the CRA website for more specifics there. But at the same time, if I'm a photographer, I can't get a vacuum that I use to clean my house and then write it off as a business deduction. You know what I mean? Um, and all like, I obviously can't buy a TV and write it off because it doesn't help you earn business income. So there are some things that you can write off and deduct and others where the CRA will kind of be like, well, how the fuck does this help you earn business income? This doesn't make sense. It says you're a photographer, but you just bought a cat. Like it, it makes no sense. So I will always say, that if you can't make a concrete case as to why it allows you to make business income, you can't write it off. Also, two other things I have to mention here. If you go to the golf course with clients, if you're a salesperson or you just wanna, I don't know, maybe you just wanna get, you just wanna hang out with them and you wanna write it off. If you go to the golf course and a golf course specifically to play golf, any green fees are not deductible. CRA fucking gobbles that shit up. Also, another popular one is taking clients or a team out for a meal or like some kind of entertainment activity. These ones are only 50% deductible. So say you go out to eat with um, clients or employees or something like that, and it was a $100 expense, you can only deduct $50. So those are just a couple more examples, but just know the limits of your deductions. If it helps you earn business income, you can probably make a case for deducting it. If it doesn't, then I'd probably leave it off that deduction list. The next big tip I have is part of the deductions category and it's kind of like a subset of it. And it is the home workspace deduction. And this one has been on the rise since COVID since people have been working from home a lot more. Um, But this deduction says that you can basically deduct the portion of your residence that you use as a workspace. So the deduction would be looking at how much space your home office takes up as a percentage of your entire house. So usually as like an area. So like you find the square footage and you find the square footage of your home workspace and use that as the percentage. And then you basically multiply that by your rent or your mortgage. You can also deduct portions of maintenance like utilities, home insurance, but the main one here, you have to pass some criteria to be able to deduct this. In order to claim this, you must meet the following three criteria. Number one, it must be your principal place of business. So if you do 50% of or 51% of your work somewhere else, no good. You don't pass. This has to be where you do most of your business. Number two, you use this space 
only to earn business income. It's not also a living room. It's not also a kitchen. Um, it's not also a play place for kids. It is the own like it is only used for business income. Only used for your business. Number three, you use it on a regular and ongoing basis to meet your clients, customers, or patients. So, if you Say you have multiple clients, but whenever you meet clients, you go out somewhere to meet them. You don't bring them into your home workspace or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's debatable, but you might not be able to claim it because it's not the main place that you would bring people. Or or another one, like say there was an, an office space that you rent out, but you only use it like a, a little bit of the time. Maybe you only use it like 20% of the time. So you meet criteria number one, you meet criteria number two but you don't meet clients at your home workspace. You only meet them at this other place. You're not going to meet the criteria and you won't be able to deduct it. So if you can check off all three of those boxes, you're probably good to file for this deduction. However, one more caveat, you cannot use this expense to create a business loss. And what this means is, let's use an example. If your income before this, before this deduction was $1,000, so your taxable income is $1,000, Um, and your total deductions for the work from home expense is $1,500. So normally you'd be like, oh, okay, like I have a negative. I have a business loss. I'm going to be getting that money back. This says that, hey, like even though you have a $1,500 work from home expense, you can't use it to create a business loss. So that $1,000 of income just becomes zero. It doesn't become negative. So hopefully that makes sense. So That's two tips. Let's get into the third. The third big tax tip I have for business owners to try and reduce your income is to split your income. And when I say this, I mean that you should hire your family as non-arm's length employees. So two big things. When I say non-arm's length employees, I mean immediate family. Arm's length and non-arm's length are just tax talk for that shit, basically. But essentially, you can hire on your family and pay them salaries um, that will technically stay, like these salaries will technically stay within your family and this will reduce your tax bill. Because if you take your revenue and then you take salaries out of that business income because you're paying people, this will reduce your overall income that you'll pay tax on. So if you give it to your family, like, I don't know, your spouse or your dad or your kid or something like that and you pay them a salary technically it'll you can see that cash leaving it goes to them and then you can just take that money from them kind of thing so that's that's kind of how it works but there's always a but on all the there's always a but please don't get too too excited here because many people have made the mistake of quote hiring a family member paying them a fucking outrageous salary for something as easily as like filing papers for like an hour a day. Um, But you have to be able to quantify it and back up the salary. So a 200, so let's just say a $250,000 salary to file papers will get the CRA looking into you and issuing fines. Whereas if you were like, Hey, like I'm going to write off a $40,000 per year salary to file papers, way more reasonable and makes sense. You like, as I said before, you also have to pay this money. You can't just say like, oh, like this person was employed 
and I paid them, but when, when really you didn't, you ha- they have to actually be employed. They actually have to do work for you. Um, but at the same time, like it, it also works really well because you can pay them and then they can just transfer you the money after. Or if they earn that money, you can obviously just pay them, like give them that expense and it kind of just stays within that immediate family. Um, but as I said, they have to do the work. You have to be able to prove these things. You can't just say they thing. You can't just say that they did work and not be able to back it up or the CRA will get you. But it is a really, really good way to reduce your taxable income. So that's tip number three. Tip number four. And this one kind of ties them all together with one overarching rule. Keep your receipts. Please, for the love of God, keep your receipts. Because how else is the CRA going to, is, how else are they going to know that you actually spent this money on, let's say, a new camera or on rent or on salaries? You have to keep them for a while too. So the best, like, because the CRA can look back, like they can look back, oh, for business taxes, it's like years. They can look back years and years to be like, hey, like, we actually want to substantiate this deduction for a new lens for your camera. Where's the receipt? So the best way is to either, I have it in my notes to keep them all paper, but that's very archaic. Even even if you have paper receipts, my best advice is to take pictures or scan each one and set up folders on your computer, whether that's, um, I would do it by year and I would go like, Hey, like it's June, 2023. Um, I would do like camera expense or rent expense or something like that. And I would put each receipt picture scan into each one of these, keep it super well organized. Cause there's nothing worse than the CRA coming for you. And then you have one folder, which just has like a load of things. And you're looking through hundreds of receipts, just scrolling down, like just keep it organized. It really keeps it easy. You know, what years every, what year everything is from, and then you're good to go. And without these receipts, you can't make a claim. Like you straight up can't. Um, you might like you personally might remember what was spent, but if you get question on it, like at all, the CRA is like, Hey, what's this? And you go, Oh, it was for this. And they go, where's the receipt or where's the proof? And you go, Oh, I don't have it. Then they're not going to be like, Oh, you know what? You seem like a good person. We'll let you keep it. No, you have to keep the receipts. You have to keep the proof. So if you get anything from this episode, please keep your receipts and keep them organized. Now, the final tax tip I have finally doesn't have to do with deductions in a sense. Um, So this one is to put away money for taxes every month. And my rationale here is when you're an employee, they take taxes off of each paycheck. So when year end comes, you don't absolutely shit yourself with a big tax bill and you usually get a refund because you overpaid on taxes throughout the year and you didn't even realize you were paying them. However, people tend to forget this when maybe they were an employee or they never were an employee and they go into business income or they go and run their own business. They tend to forget that they ever paid taxes that way. And then they get to their year end and they get destroyed with a one-time tax bill that is huge because they've spent all this money. Like they've earned this money throughout the year. And then they're like, oh, like this is all fine. Like, 
everything's good. So then they spend all that money and then they get this tax bill and they're like, holy shit, I didn't save any money for these taxes at the end of the year. My tax bill is now $4,000. Like shit, that's bad news. And that is learning the hard way. So the best way to mitigate this and to not cry at year end is to just put away a bit of money every month for taxes. So let's say in the next year you expect your business income to be $60,000. So that means that technically, we're assuming you're a sole proprietorship for this example. So that means that your top rate is 20.5% and most of that income is going to be taxed at 15%. Let's take out, let's take out some imaginary deductions and call your taxable income $55,000. You'll then get some credits that you apply after the rate. So let's call it about, let's say you have $5,000 in taxes like taxes owing. So that's about $400 a month. So I would say to try and save $400 a month to pay off your tax bill. Just set that money aside and know that you have it there. It's kind of like a safekeeping. If the tax bill is less, then that's great. And you get to keep it or you get to keep some of it. If it's more, then at least you know you've planned for it. You know what I mean? Like you have... $5,000 in the bank that's going towards taxes and say the tax bill is 5,200 bucks, you're like, oh, I only have to pay 200 bucks. When at like, if you didn't do this, then you'd be like, holy fuck, I owe $5,200. Like I'm fucked because no one likes an unexpected expense. Another idea to estimate is if you've already got hit with a big tax bill in a prior year or something like that is to see what you earned last year and then and what you paid in that previous year and make your estimate based on that and figure out a monthly savings plan based on that obviously just divide it by 12 so if you owed i don't know $2000 last year then just divide that by 12 and set that aside and then you're like hey if i earn the same amount of money as last year then at least i'm covered for these taxes so that's going to wrap up today's podcast we covered five big tax tips and i'm just going to quickly refresh your memory on all five of them just before we end here. So the first one was know your deductions. If it has to do with helping you earn business income, then you're probably good. If it doesn't, eh, you're probably not going to be able to substantiate it and you might get a bit of a fine, a bit of a penalty, that kind of thing. The next one is the work from home deduction. You can deduct um, the certain percentage of your total square footage in your house um, as long as you meet those three criteria that we mentioned. The next one, split income salaries to immediate family members is a great way to deduct your or deduct from your taxable income. Just make sure that you're not doing an outrageous salary for a relatively simple job and they actually have to be doing the work and you actually have to pay them. The next one, keep your receipts for all your expenses and deductions. You never know when it's going to come in handy and it probably will come in handy. And the last one, put away money for taxes every month. Just create that kind of monthly plan so at the year end, you're not hit with a massive tax bill that you weren't prepared for. So that's going to wrap it up today, guys. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you learned something new. I hope that these benefit you come next year at tax time or even right now when you're like, oh, like maybe I should start putting away a little bit of money for taxes and maybe you haven't been keeping your receipts. Like I hope, I hope it helps that way. And I hope your tax bill next year is not large. So without 
anything else, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram. If you want something more personalized and custom suited to you, shoot me an email or message on Instagram and we can set something up. Um, if you like the podcast, please like it, share it, follow it, download it, all that kind of jazz as it really does help tremendously. So thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.